can I maybe get an indication? How many of you are actively pursuing, uh, at, at least trying, or in some way have implemented Sabbath um, in your life over the last year or so? Maybe more. That's probably more than half of you. Um, I, that's really, really good news. So, let's grow together in this. Reading Jeremiah 6 verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And if you walk in the good way, you'll find shalom. But you said you'll not walk in it. Now, that does not sound very smart to say that. But this scripture just highlights the condition of the human heart. Because God holds his, way before us, his ways before us and say, I came that you may have life and have it in abundance. And then we say, I will not walk in it. And we continue with what we think bring life. Obviously not in all things, obviously not all of you. That is the condition of the human heart that rebels against God that we see playing out here. It was the story of the Israelites always. God comes with his love and we reject it. So if we could find the ancient paths, the good way, there are designs that God made for life. There are his ways in which we are to uh, live this life in. And, and, and if we would, if we would live um, in harmony with the way that the Creator intended it, then things work better. It's as simple as that. There are principles, there are universal principles that works because He made it that way. He made us in that way. And if we can find those ways, His design, His ways, and there are so many of them, then we can find life in it. Jesus said a similar thing when He said, well, if, if, you, if you hear these things I say and do them, you are like one that builds his house on the rock, and when the storms come, it will not be, it it will not go to ruins. Your house is built on the rock. Your house, you you are secure. You won't you won't be ruined if you listen and obey the things that he says. Now we don't listen and obey to the things he say in order that we may be okay with him and he not be upset with us and we might one day enter heaven. No, for that we do. We, go, we run to Jesus. But then when, we've run, when, when we are with him and we're justified and we're safe for all eternity, then he says, I've got ways. And the heart that's been born again, the spirit that's been made alive, that was dead, that was made alive in you, yearns for the ways of God. It yearns for his ways. It yearns for his truth. Your flesh and your soul says, no, don't want it. But your spirit's crying out for it. And as we're working out our salvation, I believe we should give heed to those things that the spirit is yearning for so that it can come um, 
and made manifest through our souls and our bodies. You want to find rest for your soul? Find the ways of God that leads to life? So, one of these things is called Sabbath. It's one of the most beautiful things that He created for us. God rested, and you're made in His image. You're made that way. You're made to work that way. It's the design given at creation. Remember that before the law of Moses, the law of Moses says a lot of things. It speaks about, uh, about Sabbath, and we'll get to that. But before that, in the Garden of Eden, Sabbath was part of the original design. God rested from his work. And so he made us and said, you will do the same. It's one of the most, it's one of, if you're looking for ancient paths, the few that, that, are, that are more ancient than that one. Okay? That one came with, with creation. When Adam was one day old, <laughs> it came. So, ancient enough. Interesting, God cannot become tired. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber, it says. So, so he didn't rest because he was tired. It's a worldly understanding to understand rest as being something we do because we are tired. God rested to delight in his work. He would stop, look at it, delight in it. That we know. And we know that he came to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. So it seems that God rested the ceased work to delight and for relationship. Not because I'm very tired. But when we don't rest like that and for that purpose, we have to rest because we get tired. Work, get tired, rest. No, no, no. That's what God did. So God worked and rested. We rest and work. Adam's first day was rest day. We work and then rest. That's what makes us different. That's the way that we work. And we're made to work. And then not work. When I speak about Sabbath, I do speak about a one day a week thing and we'll there, but just something good to highlight is that it also seems that he didn't work mornings and evenings. It was evening and it was morning the second day. It was evening and it was morning the third day. And then God said. So he worked in daytime. And then at the end of that day, he would look at it. So we could say, hey, it's, there's still some sunshine left in the day when he stopped and he looked at it and say, this, this is some. And then he did not work. It was evening. It was morning the next day. And then he worked again. So there's a Sabbath kind of rest in God's perfect ways that has us do other things in mornings, evenings, and nights um, as an ideal. Okay. So from the creation narrative, does the creation narrative make sense? You understand that Sabbath comes from there? It was given there as part of the perfect way things were set out um, and not because we would become 
diet, but because he wanted us to stop and rest and delight, to stop for delight and relationship sake. So then we move on a bit. Interesting, um, what I found a while back. But you would know that, you might know that the Sabbath and observing the Sabbath is, is in the Ten Commandments. Have you read that? When last did you go read the, the good old Ten Commandments? Well, if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't have known that it's bad not to steal. Really? That's where it comes from. Before that, I mean, you could probably steal and it wouldn't have been bad. It has helped civilized society a heck of a lot. And if you read through them, you would realize that as a Christian, you would, you would definitely want to keep, most Christians would definitely want to keep nine of them. You would want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You would not want to blaspheme His name. You don't want to make any carved images and bow down before Him. You don't want to murder. You don't want to, uh, what's it, steal, adultery, covet. Hmm? Honor your father and mother. We'd say to all those things, yeah, that should be a law in your heart. Don't murder. That's a good one to write down and just remember. Okay, right? But there is one that within a lot of Christian circles, we don't. And it's called Sabbath. That's very interesting. Now, Sabbath, like we see, unlike the others, most of them, does not even come from the creation narrative. It was there before the law. And then right at the end of the law, when we read through the law that was given to Moses, Exodus 20, all the way through to Exodus 31, read the last paragraph where God lays out the law. He lays down the law. The last paragraph. You know what it says? Dun, 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 this is the end of the law. All these things. Don't kill each other. Don't commit all these horrible sins. And then it says, you are to speak to my people Israel and say, above all. You're to keep my Sabbaths. It was there before the law. And at the end of the law, he said, listen, there's one I want to just elevate above all the others. And that's keeping the Sabbaths. Huh? Ever seen that before? Well, if you were here last year, you would have. Um, so all I'm trying to say is that God's always had something for this. But somehow in the majority of the Christian world that I've been a part of growing up, we try to find ways to not look at the Sabbath as something that we have to do. And you know why? Because a lot of us are stuck in legalism. If you look at it from a legalistic point of view and say, well, you don't keep the Sabbath because we're not under the law anymore, that means you are stuck in legalism because you... The only reason you would want to keep it is for the sake of the law, but now it's not the law, so now you don't keep it, which means that you believe in the law and that you should observe it. So you're not free to follow God in His ways. Okay? I hope that makes sense. 
So, because you say, well, it's not, it's not the Lord Jesus died and raised again, so I don't have to keep the Sabbath in order to be okay with God. That's very problematic because that's rejecting the things that God gives to us and saying, well, I don't have to, luckily I don't have to do them in order to be saved, and now I don't want to do them anyway. But what if that thing is from the very heart of God for you and for his glory? Then it doesn't matter that much um, if it's been, if the righteous requirement of the law has been paid for by Jesus, then after you've been born again, you get excited to understand these things that he has put in place for all time. And so, as Jesus does, he summarized it for us pretty well. He said, firstly, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So he just said, I'm the boss. I, can, I know what this thing is. He said he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And then he said that the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was made as a gift for you. A gift from God for you. The Sabbath was made for man. Physiologically even, we need to rest one day in seven. We're made that way. Our, our, our bodies are made that way. The world's always worked on seven-day weeks. Why would that be like that? Because that's the way God created it. He made it that way and said, I'm going to give you a beautiful gift. And it's called Sabbath. And he gave it to us. Not us, so that we should observe this thing called Sabbath. But Sabbath was given to us so that when we observe it, we'd see God in it and find his blessing in it. But when you read this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. For, for years when I read it, 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 it kind of made me want to observe Sabbath less. Because I was like, oh, awesome. So Jesus took away all these laws. And this is one of them. So now he's saying nice things like that. So it's made for man, not for man for the Sabbath. So I don't have to. But I've realized, as I said earlier, that that way of thinking about it is like, like I, I didn't understand that he's a loving father that has got good gifts that he wants to give me. And if I know him and I love him, then I'd run to them. And embrace them and say, there's nothing I want more. That's what I said when I came to salvation. And that's what I said whenever I worship. That's what my spirit's crying out for. So I do want whatever he would give me. If he says, something is made for you. Then I want to observe that way more than I want to observe a cold law in order to justify myself. That's me. I've briefly touched on this, but the fact that the whole world has always been working in seven days just speaks to this. And once during the French Revolution, they tried to change it to a 10-day work week. And after about 12 years or so, there was a great societal collapse because people rested one day in, I think, 12, no, 10, 
10 days, 12 years, something like that. Sorry, but they tried to change it to 10 day work weeks, work nine, rest one. Societal collapse, they changed it back. How amazing is it that God's design has been, it's been like that throughout the history and every, every people group that we work with, that's how it is. Um, so what is what 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 is Sabbath? So if I'm getting you excited for keeping this thing that's been there from ever and that's been exalted above all the other laws, but somehow religion has got us to believe we don't have to observe it, which is the wrong way to think about it in the first place. It feels to me that the devil's got a way of keeping us out of the best things that. God has for us and Sabbath I want to put you is one of them the way I would define Sabbath for right for now is that I believe it is a gift given by God woven into the fabric of human existence at creation it is a holy day where we cease from our work and celebrate life with God one day a week, every week. That's what I believe it is. Now, if you say Sabbath was made for man, what does that mean? What does this gift look like? What am I receiving when I'm receiving Sabbath? Now, for me, the very fact that God so designed it is enough for me to so want it and if the fruits of it would only be evident in eternity then that's okay but the fruits of it is is evident almost from the first time you do it it's so awesome for what when you start this practice you start especially those of us who are always busy anyone with it's sometimes got the Busyness, disease in their life? So much to do. Oh, it's just really busy week. Really busy. We feel... Uh, we still sometimes feel great when we say that. Just like that means people want what I have and I have to give a lot of it. A little bit more than what I have. You know, but you have to do what you have to do. But... If you start keeping Sabbath, especially when you've got a lot to do, then you automatically, by default, start growing in faith that God can do more than you. That He's able to do more if you start resting. University, I started resting one day a week, even in exams. Then I would write the Monday, then the Sunday I wouldn't study at all. I just did it that way. And it just were, it was one of the most supernatural and wonderful things that I did. Whereas most, most of the time, I and most people I know would just say, well, I've got stuff to do now and there's a lot of it. So unfortunately, I can't do Sabbath now. You've got the opportunity to grow in faith by actually putting out your faith in something that God made to see that God can do more than you and do it better. So... You grow in faith by keeping it. 
it is worship to God because you're saying as his child, I love what you've made and I want it. That, that glorifies him. A father who looks at his child and his child, and if my son comes and says, this gift you gave me, I love it. I ride this bike every day. It's the most amazing thing that you've ever given me. The father loves that. It is worship unto him. It's health to your bones. Stress and anxiety and these things are the illnesses of our day. And Sabbath is designed to speak straight into that. It's there for relational fulfillment to take that time out where you're intentionally not going to do the things that you really believe you have to and you're going to intentionally spend time with people that matters most to you. And his ways, his ancient paths that lead to life, I believe a lot of that life in abundance is locked up in it. It's a fantastic holiday that you ring fence one of them every week so you are going to have a great day every week that's life in abundance and that's your good father that planned it like that would you not want that so um i would say if you do practice sabbath you grow in faith by default you have time to be with God and loved ones, you do things you love and you rest and get restored and God is glorified by the peace and joy that will become your portion. If you don't practice Sabbath, I believe we do violence to our souls. It's not the way we were designed. We do violence to those around us because we work too much and we do violence to that which God has called us for because we're doing it in the flesh and not in faith by saying that I want to do it in your way it's moving outside the limits that God has assigned to mankind and trusting in the strength of the flesh whenever we say ah it's not possible for me at the moment to keep Sabbath all I'm saying is my the strength of my flesh it's going to be more, it's going to produce more results now in whatever way it is than what the power of God can while I rest. That's a massive leap of faith to take. But God rewards those who does that. He rewards those who steps out in faith in the things that He has designed the things that he calls us into. So, I would advise that we receive the Sabbath as a gift from God. Number one. Number two, I would advise that you set it apart so that you don't take it lightly. Because otherwise you say, well, this is awesome, and I will do it whenever I can. But it seems like oh, we've got plans for this weekend with friends, and it's going to be like Sabbath-ish vibes, or, ah, oh, and we've got this thing on, and, ah, oh, we've got that thing on. And, oh. and you don't, 
you're not deliberate. You don't see it as a holy day that you should think carefully of when you plan it. And then you kind of just, you kind of just stumble through days. Um, it's a, a wonderful way to start such a Sabbath day is to do something ceremonial like lighting a candle um, or switching your phone off and putting it into a drawer or something like that to just remind yourself that right now I'm going to cease from work and I'm going to switch over into a, a, different, a different way of living the way I live when I live Sabbath days. So what do you do on a Sabbath day? Um, Eugene Peterson writes and says that after 35 years of practicing Sabbath, him and his wife have now come to defining it very simply as it is a day on which we pray and play. I think it's the best definition. It took him 35 years. Um, and he says, that's what we do. We pray and we play. So for most of us, we get way too analytical. So what do you actually do on a Sabbath? What's allowed? Like, I don't want to have that conversation. Well, dry of braai. Um... Pray and play. But then for the slightly more analytical, you've got guys like Pete Cazero and John Mark Homer. I hope that's how you write their names. I just wrote them. I just typed them out very quickly when just before I got here. But anyway, they would define it, and I love this too, as, as, as stop, rest, delight, worship. So what they do is they say there's, there's a deliberate ceasing of work. That's where you light the candle and you refuse an email and you do not do anything that you have to do. That's the, that's the that stop part. And there's, it's helpful if you, at, if you say, well, from 7 o'clock, <laughs> I stop. That's helpful. But the one thing you do is you cease work. You don't say things like, well, that kind of work is actually like rest to me. <laughs> like, no. Um, the next thing is you rest, so sleep in, have naps, relax, lie on the couch, read a book, just take it slow. Okay. Number three is delight, or then play. Do amazing things that you love. Things that you could do with God, and that's beautiful. So work things out that you believe is with God and with others, with friends, close friends, not friends that always gives you hassles. Close friends, um, and uh, I mean, to be very honest, not all family engagements can form part of a Sabbath. Really. Alice says very few can. 
So plan that well. Plan that well too. Who are you going to be with? What are you going to do? Will that be delight to your soul? Will that be something you can do with God and delight in? Those are things you work out. The last one is to worship. Peach Cazero says, contemplate. John Marcoma says, worship. But to reflect on the goodness and the love of God, to receive His goodness, to think about His goodness, to receive His love, to drink it in, to reflect on it, to be with Him. Um, and I think that's a great summary of what you can actually do once you've decided and understood that this is something beautiful that God has designed for us to have and that would make us grow in faith automatically when we do. So, uh, very practically, what do we do? So, this is, we made a few changes to this, but I'll still share in this format. We're still working on the changes, so they're maybe not fully in place yet, but um, our Sabbath is on a Friday, so um, if I do reply to your message on a Friday, you, you can actually say, hey, what are you doing? Really? Who of you that have uh, tried or that has implemented Sabbath as have, have also messed it up royally on many occasions? Okay. So, won't we just always do that? Yes, we will. That's okay. And God smiles at us. But then we go back and we try to work into this beautiful thing more and more with His help. Okay. So I also mess it up and sometimes I would find myself just thinking, well, whatever, I just have to reply to that voice note. But um, I shouldn't have listened to it in the first place. That was the mistake I made. Anyway, we start on a Thursday night. Um, with date night, we're not moving that to Fridays, but I'm going to talk as if it settled the old way. But we start with with a date night on a Thursday evening, and that's kind of our candle lighting um, ceremony, if 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 I may. So the, we stop. We don't do anything else on a Thursday night, and we want an early night on that night. Um, then the next morning, me and Jock go for a jog, and we have this habit where we jogs very slowly for 6.3 kilometers to Seattle, uh, I don't know what you call that area, but through the waterfront, it's beautiful, through the promenade, and the whole time while we're jogging, we share good news. Just say, what, what's good in your life right now? And then I'd share for 45 minutes, and he'd share for 45 minutes, and that is it. So we run, then we get a coffee, then we walk the coffee out, then we run back. It's about an hour and a half exercise. We just share good news. One of the best Sabbath activities I have. It's one of the anchors in my week that I have been hold that's been keeping me alive for the last few years. Then we come home, and we do, me and Ronal, if you've got this might be helpful. So we found this thing of giving each other slots to have quiet time is rather helpful. So, Liffy, it's your turn now. You can have three hours. 
I'll maintain resemblance of order at home. And then you go on your own with your journaling into La La Land and do whatever you want. Go, yeah, whatever works. But we give each other breaks. We do this on holidays as well. So every day we'd be like, okay, when's going to be my slot? When's going to be your slot? And we would go sit with God. Um, then I take my son to sport and I walk around the field that he's got sport in and I pray and I think about stuff and I look at um, Table Mountain. And then the afternoon is family time, so then we'd go walk on the promenade or light an early fire or whatever might come or we'll spend time with close friends or whatever it is. But that's just very practically more or less what we do. And what I think at this stage praying and playing and delighting and those things look like for us. So, that is my little teaching on the Sabbath. And I would now love to hear from you guys if you've got any questions on it uh, that you'd like to ask. Maybe I wasn't clear about something. Maybe I was very quick running through things. I don't know. Or maybe there was something I didn't touch. I might not know the answer. Maybe one of you do. So questions that you have on this. And then also, if, if there are awesome things that you have learned in your journey that you think, ah, oh, I'd like to share that. He didn't share that. I think that can be helpful. I would love for you to share that as well. Okay. So... Maybe take 30 seconds and just think about if you have a question about this that you'd like us to discuss as a group and if you've got any learnings that you maybe would like to share with us. Or the other thing is if you are pr practicing but you're stuck somehow in some place with something, and you can also just ask if you want. <laughs>